a really quick and exciting announcement to make. The Menopause and Cancer podcast is now also on YouTube, and I'm so excited that more people now get to watch our conversations. So the link to the YouTube channel is in our show notes. Please go and subscribe to the channel so that more people who need to hear our conversations are able to find them. Thank you. Hi, I'm Danny Bennington and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is for anyone who's been affected by cancer and menopause. I'll be speaking to special guests and menopause experts to help us find solutions to our symptoms and of course address the greater picture. We're going to talk about everything from mental health to physical health, sexual health to bone health and everything in between. Nothing is off limits. Welcome. Hello and welcome to today's episode on the podcast. How are you all? I hope you're out there walking, walking your dog, maybe out there gardening. And I really envisage all of us moving more whilst perhaps you listen to my podcast episodes. Maybe you're doing the washing up, which I know many of you email me um, telling me that's what you're doing. And that's absolutely fine. On today's podcast episode, I really want to get into the nitty gritty of moving the benefits of exercise, but I don't want this to be preachy. I don't want to bring another medical expert onto the show to tell us how important exercise is. We've got a fantastic episode on the podcast with Professor Anna Campbell, and Anna explained all of the research and the studies of the benefits of exercise and how it can help us reduce our risks of a cancer recurrence by up to 30%. And I'll play you the little clip again to remind you of what Professor Anna Campbell said. I want this podcast today be two things. You're either moving lots already, and that's great. Tune in, and it'll really help you remember that you are on the right track and maybe help you think a little bit outside the box. How can you get more out of your uh, training, out of how you're moving? Or perhaps you're sitting at home thinking, I know everyone is banging on about the importance of exercise, that it can help with symptom management, that it can help with reducing my risks of cancer recurring, but I just don't know where to start. I haven't got any drive. I'm tired all the time. My joint aches. uh, And I just don't know even if I can be bothered. And that is totally fine because we've all got to start somewhere and we're all going to go through different phases in our lives where exercise might be more present than in other phases. What I want to share with you today is that when you find the right thing, it's not going to be the thing that you need to drag yourself off the sofa for. And the two women I've got onto the show today, they are just so excited about getting out and embarking on their physical activities. And they're very different to one another. That I really wanted to share them with you. They've done great things with their movement. They've gone on and shared that with others. And I can't wait to bring them onto the show. But before then, let's remember what Professor Anna Campbell said about the benefits of moving. One of the big things that exercise does is it reduces the risk of cancer coming back. It does yeah. not stop it but it will reduce the risk by about 30%. And there's loads of studies have shown that. Tens of thousands of people with breast cancer, and they've shown that the ones who are active have a 30% risk reduction of the cancer recurring. And one of the last really interesting things we've just discovered is your ability to tolerate chemo. So some of our new studies have shown that if you randomize women in the middle of the chemotherapy, half are given a structured exercise program, and the other half don't, 
The women who were given their structured exercise program tolerated their chemo, so they didn't miss any chemos, and the reduction in the dose was very little compared to those who were not given the program. So if you imagine the recommended dose of chemotherapy you've been given is to give you the best outcome, you want to get as much of that as possible. But those who have been given the exercise program seem to tolerate the chemo better than those who don't. So obviously that can build into long-term survival rates if that is the case. Right. Hello, Gemma. Hi, Lucy. I'm delighted to spend my morning with you. Hello. Hi. Both of you have been in my Facebook group for a while, really from the beginning, Lucy, and I think Gemma, you too, for quite some time. And both of your stories came up a couple of times, and I love the way you interact with other people, other women, and there's always a glimpse of positivity in when you share something and that's what I wanted to share with everyone today because I think what you've both have done is amazing. Uh, Gemma let's start with you. Tell us really briefly when you were diagnosed what your treatment was and then we'll bring everyone into your passion. Um, I was diagnosed um, end of December 2021. I have to the day it's just yeah end of December 2021 and I've uh had mastectomy well full mastectomy now my choice and I had chemotherapy uh, after the surgery and then um, I had 15 days of radiotherapy and now I'm on Zolodex injections and Exemestin is it one of the AIs I can't I think it's that one so yeah so um, I finished treatment kind of middle of September last year and you've been walking yeah yeah so um yeah so throughout I was a I've always been um a keen hiker I've done a um a lot of high altitude overseas treks for charity over the years um primarily primarily for the NSPCC and um I have also always been known as the mountain tortoise (laughs) because um (laughs) even when I was at my fittest um, I've always been a bit of a, a plodder in the hills. Um, I like to take in the view. I like to take pictures. I've never been one for kind of, of rushing round and everything has to be done in a time. Um, so because of that, I wanted to make hiking more inclusive. Um, so I think a lot of people, if they go on a guided hike in the lakes or Snowdonia, is that they... Um, they sometimes get kind of a bit of an alpha male and it, it's all kind of... People feel a bit stressed that they're going to, you know... Um, kind of be too slow and everybody's going to be waiting for them and I wanted to um, yeah make hiking more inclusive so um, just before I got diagnosed I'd completed my mountain leader training um, and was in the consolidation phase which is effectively just practicing Um, and so yeah so I got diagnosed so that kind of scuppered that for a while Um, but I also was starting to lead for a walking company outdoor activity company called Yorkie Talkies Outdoors um so throughout my treatment um I continued kind of climbing mountains I continued um walking um with the group um I used to have my chemotherapy on a Friday and my friend Emma who runs the company would have me out on a six mile hike on the Saturday before the side effects kept in uh kicked in and then it would usually work out to be about nine or ten <laughs> um but yeah so all the way through chemo kind of whenever I felt well um yeah I still still kind of kept going and I think it mentally it was brilliant because I just felt like me 
because it's what I always used to do. And physically, I think I was super lucky with side effects um, with all my treatments. Um, and I think a lot of it is to do with the hiking and being outdoors and, and that exercising. So, yeah, it's me. We know the benefits of hiking and walking really are huge, aren't they? And I also think often people think they need to be quite fit to maybe join a walking group or a hiking group. And it's so nice for you to shine the light onto everyone can walk and hike. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about maybe keeping up with the whole group. And there is a form of walking, hiking out there for all of us. Lucy, Pilates wasn't always something that you're so passionately engaged in as you do now, is it? No, um, I guess I had practiced Pilates for years, but um, it was only after my diagnosis that I decided to become a Pilates instructor. And probably a little bit like Gemma, I did sort of look at my exercise and change it a bit. So it was less about metrics or sort of strength or hit or sort of bam, 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 but more about what was restorative, but also energizing and balancing and made me feel good. And although I still do a range of exercise, it was Pilates that totally immersed me and gave me, I think, the route through my treatment, because I felt that whatever, however I felt on a morning, there was always something I could take from Pilates that I could do. So I felt that I was in control, it was accessible to me, and I knew that if I did it, I would feel better. Um, so whether that was a sort of gentle, you know, mind-body connection and breathing and sort of just mobilization to try and get range of movement back after my bilateral mastectomy, or whether it was something a little bit more challenging, trying to build back a bit more strength or um, using the reformer jump board to get my lymphatic system going or something like that. There was always something that I could pick, that I could do, that I knew would make me feel like, a bit like Gemma, like me and, and better for myself. And actually like Gemma that and walking, walking to appointments, getting outside. I think those were the two things that, you know, even if I felt pretty rubbish, that I would try to make time to do. So what is it about doing something and then having the urge to share it with others? That's what I really wanted to get to the point of, because I also, you know, I, you know, I embarked on yoga after my active treatment finished and I felt it was so powerful for me. I wanted to teach to others how they could maybe also put themselves into a mindset like that or feel a little bit like I was feeling when I was practicing yoga. Gemma, what is it for you that you want to share with others? Like, I know you can go hiking and walking and your friend took you out, but you have that urge to take others out with you. What do you think is in, in there for you or for others? I think it's just, I think in terms of kind of um, going through, being diagnosed and going through treatment, I think it's... Um, I just think it, it just helped me it just helped me so much to um be out in nature um it was a distraction I think there was there was times even in the depths of chemo where I would be walking you know somewhere beautiful and and I'd forget that I was going through treatment literally for you know I'd I'd come back from the walk and um I don't know and I'd get back to the car and I'd be like Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I just think it's it's kind of for that to be that powerful to just forget for those few hours 
because I think you're so immersed in treatment and you know everything becomes about the cancer and everything that you know all it, everything's kind of doctors and nurses and stuff um and I just felt that sharing it with other people um I don't know it's I, th- I found it quite tricky because I think people do struggle with their side effects and maybe you know um you know, climbing Helvellyn, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, that's not, you know, I'm not saying that we, you have to go and do like the national three peaks and stuff, but there's, um, you know, most people have got some kind of open space near them, whether it's a park or, you know, nature reserve and, and, and yeah, I just think it's, I just think it was transformative. And I think kind of that physical, um, I used to imagine kind of when the, the, the chemo was in my body, especially kind of when I did it the day after that, it was kind of, like circling all around and like getting to like the ends of my fingers and the ends of my toes and that it was because I was doing that exercise and kind of that effort and and whatever that it was I don't know that it was more powerful that it was yeah it was doing more good so I think encouraging people to kind of just try it just step outside just do 10 minutes and usually after you've done that 10 minutes you want to do a little bit more and a little bit more and yeah just like baby steps really. And there is also something to say that if you do this in a community, because clearly your friend Sarah took you out. And so I guess there was also really nice reassurance and benefit to be with others, to maybe talk about what you're experiencing or not talk about it. You choose to maybe talk about other things and to be around other people can be so helpful and healing as well, can't it? Yeah, I think the community side of it, because... um yeah it was just seeing those people regularly and I think I think the the thing that I found with being part of that community in the hiking and is that everybody thinks that it's a bit well I suppose it is scary isn't it I'm not saying it's not but kind of that everybody was amazed that like oh you're going through chemo and that you're able to to kind of do this and I think it just talking to people about it and saying oh yeah I was diagnosed but you know I'm feeling okay like it, it just it just encourages people and and one of the things that with the the hiking community with um it's emma not sarah um, the lady that runs it sorry it's all right um and was the fact that i've lost my thread brain fog (laughs) that's good we are on the menopause and cancer podcast i get get back to you you might remember it (laughs) probably not there we go but lucy you changed your career so much so you used to be a lawyer and now you help others in on the Pilates reformer and the mat with a cancer diagnosis to find better health and to become a little bit more in touch with their sort of physical health again. How did that happen? Like that's a big step. <laughs> exactly. Well, interestingly, I've always done sort of people related roles when I look back at my career. So she said I was a solicitor, then I worked for an investment bank, but I worked in um, a very people focused role dealing with people with um, problems at work, but also sometimes with health issues. And I worked for a quite progressive investment bank, which had a very big wellness function. And I was always quite closely aligned and interested in that. And probably I should have trained as a Pilates instructor or something in the wellness industry years ago. But I think I was sort of really held back, um, just thinking that wasn't what my qualification was. And, you know, I had my training and then I had a family and I was doing other stuff. And I've always said, you know, there's nothing good about having cancer, but you know what, it really focuses the mind. And I thought this is stupid you know, now life is short. If I'm going to do this, I should get on and do this. And a bit like Gemma, I wanted to help people 
because I had seen how much it helped me. And I think if exercise was a religion, then I would be the evangelist out there preaching. Because let's face it, none of the other stuff that we do, apart from possibly the surgery part of cancer treatment, none of the other stuff reduces your risk of recurrence or enhances your treatment in quite the same way that exercise has been proven to do. So I sort of you know, like like you, Gemma, the community was amazing and through the Facebook group or people that I knew who had been or going through the same issues as me and on the same sort of treatment. But they would say how terrible their life was in terms of coping with their um, treatment side effects, their joint ache, their muscle ache, their anxiety, or, you know, they couldn't lift their arms above their head still or they had pain. And I was sort of beginning to say, well, you know, maybe if you just tried this little baby steps and then let's build up to that and, you know, I could help you. And I thought, right, okay, you know what, I'm going to get my qualification. I'm going to do this a little bit more formally, you know, just, you know, small scale. I'm not um, on a crusade, but I just want to help other women see that they can regain control. They can improve their quality of life. They can improve their health reduce their risk of recurrence and just generally feel better you know physically and mentally through this so yeah that's my little evangelical preaching and i hope not to be too preachy because i know you know some days you just don't feel like it or it's not for anyone everyone but i think genuinely if you can just do something moving your body and as i say pilates is totally accessible totally modifiable and i just wanted other women to have that ability to get a bit of control and a better quality of life because let's face it some of the stuff is tough yeah and it must have really like i know yoga really touched me and so pilates really must have touched you otherwise you wouldn't leave a big corporate career and set up as a pilates and you know that these are really life-changing things like i know our lives have changed because we've had a cancer diagnosis and often then we're put back together, but in a different way, isn't it? It's like the jigsaw piece is sort of initially not quite fitting. And then we do lots of work and we go on our healing modalities to sort of really find who we are and the bits that we've lost and come to terms with grief. Totally. I mean, to be fair, I had left my career um, some years ago, but I was at the stage, you know, my children are much older now and I was ready to do something. And as you say, I... I think both the experience of facing my own mortality, of having cancer had touched me, but also a bit like you were saying with the yoga, the power of Pilates and the impact, the positive impact it could have on people. I thought if I've, you know, got a limited time on this earth, which we all do, cancer or not, you know, let's do something really worthwhile. Let's do something which is really positive for, for me and for the people that I'm involved with. And I just think, you know, there are just so many benefits of that. And whether it's on a day-to-day -day basis, Gemma, you were talking about your joint aches from, I think I'm on the same treatment regime as you, the eczema stain and the aromatase inhibitor. And, you know, quite often I do wake up with sore joints, but I know that if I take myself and get my body moving, literally that is flooding my joints with fluid. It's lubricating them. It's it's that motion is lotion. And, you know, doing that then makes me feel better and more in control and calm in my mind. And it gives me 
you know, more balance, I think, physically and mentally. So Gemma, you must have felt so strong as well, because I feel when Lucy is speaking, I know it from myself, there is a certain strength that comes within you, right? If you're going through active treatment or you've just finished treatment and you're managing to move in whichever way, right? It doesn't matter. If I do yoga, Lucy does Pilates, you walk, it doesn't matter. We've sort of moved and engaged in that physical activity somehow. Gemma, did you feel quite strong going through your treatment? Because if you've managed to walk, there is also a sense of power that comes with it. Like, I can do this. Like, yeah. Did you have some of those sort of, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I think it was the one thing that you can, with the exercise, it's the one thing that you can kind of, well, there's other things, but the the main thing that I could do my help, help myself feel better. And I think I'd kind of wake up in the morning and kind of just not want to, to kind of go out. I didn't want to, you know, if I got a walk booked, it was, it was kind of at times like the last thing that I wanted to do. But I think when you go out and you do it and you power through that feeling and that, you know, the physical and the mental feeling of, of kind of, of not wanting to do it. But then when you do it, it's just, you just feel, you just feel like you're flying because you just think that it's I can do this you know cancer's got nothing on me I can deal with this I can do this and yeah it was super super powerful I remember um even it's kind of tricky because I was when I was walking with the group at times I was I was the very much the slowest it was you know it wasn't even like I was a little bit behind but because I've got training I I can kind of you know I can see them in the distance and and kind of keep going but even that just used to make me smile it didn't bother me that I was that far behind because I think I can I'm still doing it and I remember being on I was heading up um Scarfell um and the group were were way ahead and I was kind of plodding along and kind of looking at the views and, and, and whatever. And this lady um, stopped me and she was like, Oh, you all right. You know, you, you on your own, do you need us? And I was like, no, I'm absolutely fine. And basically was like, and I'm halfway through chemotherapy and I'm doing this. And it was, I just felt like I just wanted to, I don't know, like tell everybody. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a, um, definitely a a happy thing and those are the things that can't be replaced right these are no doctor can give you that much reassurance than you would have felt on that one particular walk that you even though you're slow even though you're not catching up with the others you saw the immense benefit and you felt your strength and your power and you had like you said that mental relief if if we can just have a few hours a day where we have that total mental relief right where we switch off from our anxiety or where the brain doesn't go back to past events because it like so often hooks back to what's happened or it floats into the future and sort of dreams things up and they're not true because they're an illusion at the time you're thinking then they haven't happened yet but if you can be present and I wonder whether with a group activity like hiking there comes a bit of accountability whether your friends were waiting for you whether it's easier to say oh I'm not going to go on that walk today if you're on your own whereas if there is a group of people you might be a bit more inclined to actually go and do it did was there some of that yeah definitely I think um I I did kind of I did a few walks on on my own but they were um the, the group ones were there was somebody waiting for me um I'd got a couple of friends that kind of they didn't push me too far, but it was kind of like they they wouldn't have it. It's like, well, you come in, even if we're just doing, you know, we might not do the, you know, the the eight miles. We'll just do the four, just see how you do. And there was always that that um, yeah, 
an expectation that you know come on keep keep going type of a thing and I think it was with the because I'm a I was one of the leaders I think um I think I just felt like I had to kind of like set a little bit of of an example that you know that I, I was you know I was still still going and I think it was it was important because I knew that I wanted to do af- that after treatment as well so I wanted to kind of you know still be a part of it and and still kind of um you know still be chatting with everybody and keeping up with those friends that you make through the walking group but yeah the the support from from those people was brilliant there's there's quite there's a couple of ladies that have um, been through a breast cancer diagnosis as well and kind of everybody everybody pretty much knows somebody don't they that that has kind of gone through it and then it was you know we'd chat about that and it was kind of helpful for them and um yeah there was a couple of people that that um people that they knew had gone through and a diagnosis but they'd never really understood how they'd felt until they'd chatted to me um yeah. which I think was was really was really good because once I get talking I'm like blah blah blah, blah. you know it, it just yeah <laughs> just witter on but um yeah def- the community definitely helped I think I think if I hadn't have had that person or the, that group waiting for me maybe I, I wouldn't have have gone out quite as often um so yeah, yeah. it definitely helps yeah and Lucy, when you teach uh, another group of people who have been affected by cancer, although, you know, we say Pilates and yoga, they aren't your healing modalities that hospital would prescribe, although I agree with you, it would be great if they did. A lot of talking, right, comes between class, after class, throughout class, at the end of class. And some of that can be so restorative even just to be around other people who sort of understand what you're going through you don't even have to talk about your treatment you just know people get you I I absolutely agree I think the kind of community um aspect particularly when I think you know I have a couple of friends who've had cancer diagnoses but out of my sort of closest friends I'm the only one and it is easy then to feel a little bit isolated or everyone's talking about their HRT patches or whatever and to feel a little bit alone so definitely that sort of coming together with other women who are experiencing it and as you say in you know through the the movement just connecting and just sharing whether it's fears experiences good things not such great things definitely the pilates community you know if you do pilates or yoga i'm sure it's the same you come together with like-minded people and through doing my training um for both pilates for breast cancer and yoga for breast cancer i have met some amazingly powerful women inspirational women that sort of make you want to sort of get up and continue and do good things um but actually i was also going to touch on you were talking about getting out of your mind and I think whether that's something you do together um, as a community or individually, I think um, a form of exercise does get you out of the day to day, whether it's the worrying or the sort of feelings, you know, your side effects or um, whatever. And interestingly, one of the principles of Pilates is concentration. And it's, you know, it's the same as yoga, bringing your mind to your practice. And some of the exercises are actually a little bit um complicated requiring some coordination and sometimes that is just to get you to switch off 
so that you can connect into your um, relaxed nervous system, your parasympathetic system to allow your, your mind to have a break. So you're concentrating very hard on what your body's doing and it's good of course to do it precisely but realistically the goal is more about getting you out of whatever it is that is troubling you. And you know whether that was I had a stage where every single pathology report that came back or every stage was worse than I had been led to believe it was going to be. Well, I, not that I was misled, but it was just that as we found out more, there was more cancer, it was more advanced, whatever. And just doing that, okay, I can control what's going on in my racing mind by bringing the focus back to some movement and then I can approach those issues with a calmer mind and a bit more sort of you know let's focus on what I can control let's not worry about what I can't control and let's just deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis so that was a long answer about sort of what I think it brought to me. But you know what it's so lovely to speak to both of you and to sort of really think back of my own experience and I did so much walking in the woods going through treatment as also with a friend Gemma and then the yoga for me came later it's so different for all of us isn't it and really it doesn't matter like what I always want to say to people on the podcast and in conversations it doesn't matter you walk I go to yoga you do pilates whatever it is whether you need to focus your mind and channel so that your mind can't think of all the rubbish it wants to think or whether you walk and you let your mind drift and you allow the floating state of the mind and you just sort of really sort of sit with that comfort of allowing that break for your mind it doesn't really matter but we've got to try different things and I know there are a lot of people sitting at home who haven't found really what gets them going back because once you found something you don't have to make yourself so all the people that are thinking well I have to go to the gym once a week and it's really more effort than it, I find it easy I think they just haven't found their thing and so maybe this is just an invitation to go out and find or try something else because we'll never know what it is. It could be something totally different, right? But uh, uh, unless we try different things, we won't know. And so I hope that encourages other people to sort of open their mind a little bit. Absolutely. The people often say to me, what is the best exercise? What should I be doing? And it's like, well, what do you enjoy doing? What would you like to be doing? What will bring you pleasure? Because if it brings you pleasure, you'll do it. And, you know, it's movement. It doesn't even have to be sort of formal exercise in a gym. If you're doing a few little moves or you're doing some quite hard gardening, that is that is all movement. And I think the other thing is you don't have to be brilliant at it. I spent a lot of my life um, thinking I couldn't do something unless I could do it really well or perfectly. And again, I think that whole sort of 80-20, you know what? sometimes that's just good enough and don't be held back trying something new or having an experience because you know as Gemma said you don't have to be the person at the front of the um, walk walking the fastest just just do it your way just just do it and enjoy the process um, so don't be held back because if I've learned one thing from cancer, that's it. You know, don't be held back in life from trying new things and doing doing new things. Be take some risks. Be bold enough and brave enough to take the risk and know that it doesn't matter if we fail or we weren't the best because we'll have learned something and possibly we'll have enjoyed it. Absolutely, Gemma. What's your next walk? Have you got a big challenge coming up? Or are you going to guide a group of people somewhere? 
Um, my next walk leading is on Friday. Um, we're doing the um, an eight mile route on the North York Moors. The heather is starting to pop, so it's looking all nice and purple, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, just like the my my um, hill and moorland leader assessment is at the at the end of July. Um, so that's the that's the the next big kind of challenge. So lots of navigation practice over the next month. How exciting! I mean, there are so many good bits when I think about what you're doing, Gemma. I think you're learning something new. You're putting yourself out there. Like, I know we all struggle with brain fog. So learning something new is daunting, isn't it? Especially when perhaps we haven't engaged in learning in a long time. You're also there sharing everything with other people, bringing that community in. So whichever point we look at, whether it's looking after our long-term brain health, like everything you're doing is perfect for that cognitive brain health, right? Then we know it's got so many benefits, the physical activity alone, the walking, for our mindfulness, for our bones, for our muscles. Like you sort of think, wow, there are there is so much amazingness into moving and into especially sort of learning something new. It's absolutely fabulous. And you can be at the very back and it's still <laughs> amazing and give you so much hope and so much strength. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's the, I think the, um, especially with the the kind of, I mean, I can read a map, but learning micro navigation, which is what you need is that it, I was doing a bit of it yesterday after I'd done the walk recce and, and kind of that real focus on kind of getting from here to that tiny pile of stones in the middle of that moor um, is like, it just, it, everything's just focused on that small part of the map. Um, which is a massive distraction. And like you say, I think it helps with the brain fog and and kind of keeping my brain working. And then when you when you get there, when you find this tiny pile of stones because you've used your compass and you've, you know, you've you've done a proper bearing, it's just the joy is just I mean, like it, I was on my own yesterday and if I just I was looking for people to be like, Look, it's there, I've found it. It's like, yeah, it's just yeah. It's, it is it's just it's funny the small things it's I think that's the the thing with um cancer isn't it is that those the kind of all the, the the little stuff becomes yeah it sounds really cheesy but just so much more important yeah and I think those are the things that maybe medical professionals can't portray like we know uh exercise is great to reduce our risks of recurrence it can help with joint ache and all of that but it's all the little bits that come with it like the joy like Often we forget about what brings us joy when we go through cancer treatment. It's very hard. The things that brought us joy beforehand might not give us joy anymore. And so it's rediscovering what lights me up. And I guess maybe finding a little pile of stones was never something you anticipated <laughs> when you first thought, I'm going to go out walking. But how yeah. amazing to have that feeling, even if it's once a week to tap into that joy bucket. I mean, what a win. Sometimes is that um, when I got diagnosed kind of, had a kind of my surgery and and I do still especially because I do CrossFit as well and I do if I if I do something like I can do an overhead squat now I'll I'll send a picture of it to my surgeon on email because I was like you said that I wouldn't be able to do this <laughs> and look and even I think the last time I saw my surgeon was hard oh, about six months ago or something and bless him he still I mean all the all the, the stuff that he's got to do yeah I still get like a little thumbs up that he'll still respond because he knows that it was when he said you won't be able to do this again or you'll struggle with this and the same with my oncologist is that I always rem I remember thinking yeah we'll see 
and it's just nice to to have those moments and I did think yesterday is that I'm going to send Dr Joseph my oncologist this picture of the pile of stones <laughs> but didn't but I shall tell him <laughs> the next time I see him because he's I'm quite lucky with them is that they've they've both been really supportive of kind of the exercise and the hiking and kind of and I think sometimes you do I've I've heard from other ladies is that it's always kind of oh be careful don't do this don't do that whereas they've both been kind of like well you know just take it steady but crack on and yeah Amazing. that's been really positive that's what yeah. we want to hear yeah well enjoy finding your little piles of stones <laughs> on your many many walks to come <laughs> uh lucy i can't wait to come to a pilates class of yours because i know you don't live too far away from me um and that would be amazing thank you both for just sharing your joy with everyone today it's really lovely brilliant thank you thank you danny <laughs> and we will keep sharing all of our stories so that we can learn from one another you've been amazing thank you both I hope you feel as inspired and uplifted by Gemma's and Lucy's stories as I did when I first came across their stories, how they moved, how they shared it with their wider community. And I think it's so brilliant to really understand that it doesn't really matter how we're all moving. It's, you know, it would be crazy to think everyone needs to get the same out of yoga that I do, but that moving our bodies can happen in so many different forms. And the most important thing for me from the conversation today was that yes, it's really great to know and it can really spur us on to know that exercise can reduce our risks of cancer recurring, can help us in dealing with our current symptoms, for example. That's really amazing. And at the same time, what really interests me is to think what else comes with regular physical activity. And it's the little things that probably are very difficult to be measured or that we perhaps don't even look for when we have a trial and we want to see the outcome of a physical activity. And that is, for example, how much joy it can give us. Like when Gemma spoke about finding the stones, so much focus and determination and so much really channeling her energies in finding that and finding that end destination also means she gets so much joy out of then getting there and, and, and finding the stones. And I think this is something that is very difficult to be measured, but it's probably one of the most important things because a cancer diagnosis and then the whole menopause model and all these doctor's appointments and our fears for life can mean we all experience a real reduction in joy. And finding joy in little things is absolutely incredible. And so if we can embark on physical activity that can't just provide us with all these amazing benefits that doctors and scientists and researchers can measure, but also give us things like joy and then community, like Lucy explained, there is such a wealth of things and beauty and love and and i just love the connections when women especially get together and we can talk and share a bit more openly and i think that's another really really important thing about exercise and if you want to embark on something on your own like often i feel yes lots of community comes with yoga but when i'm on the mat the community and the connection is with myself and that's what i seem to need or if you want to go out on walks yourself without an audiobook without a podcast for example and you just let your thoughts float and you give your mind a break like we give washing machines a little break in between people mot their cars some people descale their kettles 
and it's just giving our minds a little bit of a break and letting them wander and just noticing our feet touch the ground whatever it is for you i think it's the little benefits that come with exercise that are so important because they're the ones that make a huge huge difference to how we're feeling every single day and gosh wouldn't we pay a lot of money to feel the joy that Gemma explained when she found the little stones. Um, so I hope there was something in this episode for you, whether you want to embark on moving and you haven't moved in a long time, or whether it has really reassured you that how you're moving at the moment also gives you all of those added, almost like friends with benefits, like it gives you all of those extra benefits, then that's a wonderful thing. I can't thank our community enough for Gemma and Lucy to come onto the podcast. And I really want to share lots and lots more stories of all of you amazing people because this community is nothing without all of us doing this together. I'll chat to you next week. And in the meantime, sending you lots of love.